Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And it is Friday. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas with you uh, as your personal concierge for conversation here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And again, our time together is a time when we can rationally and reasonably uh, talk about the issues of the day that directly affect you and me right here in the Central Valley of California. My privilege also to serve uh, as a community pastor for two congregations in town as the president and CEO of Advancing Vibrant Communities. Uh, 365 days a year, we're connecting volunteers with opportunities to serve. You can find more about that at VibrantCommunities.org. That's VibrantCommunities.org. Well, today ushered in the fourth day of the impeachment hearings in Washington, D.C., and today the defense had its uh, opportunity to make its uh, case and statements. And basically, if I could uh, sum it up, I would say the defense was making the point that Donald Trump's speech on January 6th was first amendment. And uh, they, uh, throughout the day, presented uh, videos of different Democrats calling on supporters to fight for various political causes. So I sense there what they were saying is, look, if let, let's be consistent in the application of our principles here. Let's let's uh, let's not be hypocritical. And uh, I'm guessing that didn't fall on really active ears uh, for those who are prosecuting the case. Anyway, they, uh, again, the uh, House impeachment managers arguing that uh, President, uh, former President Trump at the Capitol. Uh, a lot of the time this morning uh, or today was taken up by one of his attorneys, Michael Vanderveen. And uh, Vanderveen really hit this issue of First Amendment rights uh, throughout his presentation today. And, and he said, look, on, on January 6th, it is reasonable that the president of the United States would have the full protection of the First Amendment to say whatever he needed to say. And this is what uh, Attorney Vanderveen had to say about that. The Constitution and the First Amendment must certainly apply to these impeachment proceedings. And Mr. Trump's speech deserves full protection. The First Amendment. Earlier this week, uh, we were exploring with you what are some of the motivations you think to keep the impeachment going? And and one of those that was mentioned was uh, the people who are bringing the impeachment hate Donald Trump. As you listen to their rhetoric, they can't stand the guy. And uh, I think that uh, attorney uh, Michael Vanderveen picked up on that today. This case, unfortunately, is about political hatred. It has become very clear that the House Democrats hate Donald Trump. Yeah, so he uh, basically went for the jugular on uh, on that particular one. So what do you think? We're looking at uh, these proceedings happening in Washington, D.C. 
most people suspect it's going to end in acquittal anyway. Uh, the number of Republican senators that would be required to uh, get uh, an impeachment uh, vote through uh, are probably not there. And so what else what else do you think these representatives of ours in Washington, D.C., what else do you think these senators ought to be doing with this time if you think the impeachment maybe is a waste of time? What, what do you think they should be doing? Do, do you think there's a possibility that he won't be acquitted? I, um, I'd be interested to uh, get your perspective on that. Again, our phone number here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. That's area code 209-551-3483. And uh, if you remember yesterday... The report was that the House managers, the prosecutors, so to speak, were uh, expertly uh, and intentionally edited versions of what happened on uh, on uh, January 6th. And uh, Michael Vanderveen, again, one of the attorneys for Donald Trump, called him on that today. Let's listen. This hatred has led the House managers to manipulate and selectively edit Mr. Trump's speech to make it falsely appear that he sought to incite the crowd to violently attack the Capitol. Well, and that uh, that's a thought that uh, quite a few people have had. You know, obviously, the part where uh, Donald Trump talked about being peaceful and such, so that that apparently did not uh, did not make it or was left on the editor's floor, as we used to say in, in film editing. And so there, you know, there, there's a lot of spin going on. And I, are, are you frustrated with this? Are you tired of it? Or do you dislike Donald Trump to the point where you say, yeah, let's, uh, let's go with this and, and let's, take, let's impeach him. Let's get him out of office. Well, wait a minute. He's, he's already out of office. So what's your thought? Area code 209-551-3483 for your views on this. Area code 209-551-3483. And then uh, a last uh, audio bite from attorney Michael Vanderveen. And he really uh, came back to the First Amendment issue. He criticized the House managers for glossing over the First Amendment issue, which uh, he was trying to make the point that that is the main protection here for Donald Trump. They want to punish Mr. Trump for engaging in constitutionally protected free speech, and they do not want you to consider the issue. And uh, and what's the issue? The issue is the First Amendment. And so... Uh, a lot of a lot of people are are wondering why are we going through this, and uh, David in Modesto uh, has some thoughts about this. Uh, David, you think uh, Attorney Vanderveen was correct in his uh, assessment on this? I absolutely think he was correct, and I think that everything that he pointed out today uh, was something that we all pretty much basically knew that this was just a, a democratically contrived political theater, a show trial of the lowest possible order. I mean, I think Stalin would have been proud of this. He manipulated the data. 
You've eliminated anything you didn't like. You rewrote it. You controlled the cast of characters. You gave absolutely nothing of a legal nature for the prosecution, for charges. The entire thing was just an emotional catharsis that the Democrats were having that was just, you know, expressing all the hatred they could muster at one time. And a lot of that, I think, comes out of fear, too. They have a late fear. And this is why they're also contributing to a 14th Amendment approach in the near future after this fails, because they are terrified of Donald, Donald Trump running and being reelected, you know, in, in 2024. Now, as I'm sure you realize, the 14th Amendment, in part, was set up so that people that were members of government in the Confederacy as uh, state senators, state legislatures, or had previous to the Civil War even been congressmen and senators, would be permanently barred and banned from ever holding public office again. Um, and it's not for any kind of a reason for, you know, it's a desperation attempt. I mean, they're willing to bend not only the First Amendment, as they showed here before today, but willing to bend the Constitution into a pretzel to just get anything they can to guarantee that they not only disenfranchise Trump, uh, voters and uh, and remove the possibility of him seeking public office again, but basically, uh, you know, just the other out of just a maniacal approach to maintain power at any and all costs, and and I think that that was uh, pretty well shown today, but I wouldn't expect David, any uh, of them to change how to be contrite. Yeah, David, some some really good points there, and I and I think one of the points is is this pointless. You know, he's out of office, and uh, it really to many appears as a as a charade. You made a a great point there about uh, a fear in terms of another run in twenty twenty four. Let me ask you this: just just a, a quick comment from you on this. Do you think as well because the the impeachment process is is a tool? Do you think this lowers the bar on that? It, it really cheapens uh, the purpose of it for the future? Oh, absolutely. Tremendously. Not only does it cheapen by lowering the bar, does it cheapen the entire impeachment process, but it cheapens the, the, the whole uh, tone the whole, for the United States Congress, both houses. I mean, it's, it's lowered uh, the standard by which we operate now. I mean, it's shown basically that we are operating at a low-level political theater, and and that uh, partisan politics outweighs everything in its consideration. We we're not operating. Remember what Mr. Franklin said when the young woman asked him when he came out of the meeting there, sir, what kind of government have you given us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. The, the best efforts are being made right now and to get rid of that republic, and I pray that it doesn't occur. And so regardless of how this plays out after today, I think at least we had the exposure of some truth today. Great. David, thank you. Thank Robert F. Kennedy Jr., are you aware that his that his Instagram account was yeah. – uh, his whole – Yeah, his it is. It's another, uh, David, it's another assault on uh, the First Amendment. Got to go, David. Thank you. Some, uh, some great points you made. We'll be talking more about uh, the impeachment uh, process today in uh, Washington, D.C., here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
Thank you for joining us here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Right now, we're we're talking about the impeachment proceedings going on in Washington, D.C. as the Senate hears evidence. Uh, we've reviewed today some of the points made by, by attorney Michael Vanderveen, and, and basically one of the big ones was Donald Trump has First Amendment rights as well. And so we'll see how that uh, lands with the uh, with the opposition. So as we look at this, as we consider what else the senators can be doing, is this really going too far? Well, uh, Debbie uh, here in Stanislaus County has some thoughts about that. Debbie, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. What are, what are your thoughts about what's going on in the Senate? Mr. Douglas, I'm not really the best person to be talking on the phone and talking on the radio, but I need to share something, okay? Okay. 25 years ago, and I've lived here in my home for 32 years, 25 years ago, I made, I made a statement to the people that I know, and I said there are two things that are going to take us out. And the two things were, number one was germ warfare, because I don't, I don't know this other thing they call pandemic. It's, it's, it's all a, a pie in the sky. It's simple. It's not complicated. Germ warfare is very effective. It's the only way you can conquer the world. You can't do it with guns. You can't do it with machines. And the second thing was going to be technology. Those mm. were the two things that were going to take us out permanently. I didn't want to be right, but I've made a lot of other predictions in between, and every one of them have happened. Well, Debbie, I think that's very interesting that that you had that uh, that foresight, especially when it comes to uh, when it comes to technology. Now, when you originally had those thoughts, did you have any idea that we would have Facebook and Twitter and and all these other things? Yes, sir. So you foresaw that. All of it. So what do you think, uh, real, real, real quick, Debbie, uh, what, what do you think the answer is uh, right now? How, how do we respond to these things in a way that's effective? Well, when I was raising my children and I was being raised, I remember a cliche, old-fashioned. If you don't use something, you lose it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Absolutely. I've been told that. So, therefore, I attributed that. I took it mathematically. Everything was mathematical, every prediction I've made, and every one of them have happened. When we got technology, there was something that happened to us that was quite quite exciting, I guess. Not to me it wasn't, but to most people I know. And that's called instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And that's a big, big, big thing. And so they knew that. When it was being, before it was even developed, there are all kinds of, um, what would you call it, similarities to what's going on right now. Before this, before the technology that's taken over. But we've given the power, we don't know it yet though, we've given the power to our enemies. And if we give even a little bit more, we're not going to be able to get our power back at all. Because yeah, Debbie, I, I think uh, many would agree with you that uh, certainly First Amendment rights and, uh, and watch Second Amendment rights, they're, 
they're chipping away at that as well in terms of ammunition and, and, and such. Uh, but Debbie, thank you. Uh, it's two great points. So one is uh, she, she saw it coming in her mind, the uh, uh, pandemic type of uh, warfare is, is the word that she used and also saw the technological problems as well. And uh, I think uh, another good point she made was that we have allowed the technology to take over. And there's and I, I don't I'm not a psychologist. I that is not my realm. But my understanding is that the technology that we have today really tends to rewire our brains and we don't think the same way that we used to think. Uh, l- l- let me give you an example. Go go back to go back to pure math. All right, if you're uh, maybe doing your budget or you're balancing your checkbook, does anybody do that anymore? But anyway, let's say we're balancing our checkbook and we're going to do a plus and minus thing here. What's the first thing today that people mostly do? What do they do? They, they reach for their calculator or they reach for their uh, smartphone and, and bring up the calculator on the phone. And even simple, uh, simple things like adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing, nobody hard, not to say nobody, but it, it seems like very few people anymore are, are able to just do the math on paper. You see, our, our, it, it, it affects the way we think. It, it, it affects the way that we implement logic. And uh, so much of today, I think, is tragic because we've given up critical thinking. We gave critical thinking up for Lent last year and never came back, I guess. Uh, and it's, it's a tragedy. Uh, I just did a uh, officiated a funeral funeral yesterday for uh, a gentleman. Uh, he and his wife had been uh, married, I think, uh, oh, fifty six years, almost sixty years. Every morning they woke up, they took separate newspapers so that they could work the Sudoku puzzles separately and see who could finish them first. There's a couple; they're up in years, and and yet they're keeping their minds. Uh, attuned. They're keeping their minds fresh, challenges their thinking, and we're letting technology think for us, and we're letting some folks in Sacramento and and uh, Washington, D.C. think for us as well, and that really is a tragedy. So, uh, Debbie, thank you for bringing up some of those thoughts for us. Those are uh, worthy things for us to consider. We'll be talking more about these issues in a couple of minutes on The Mike Douglas Show. Our telephone number, 209-551-3483. That's area code 209-551-3483. And in just about five or six minutes, we're all I'm going to be talking about vaccines here in the area. How are, we, how are we doing with the vaccines and what's up with COVID-19? All that coming up in just a few moments here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. We'll be exploring those issues in just a few minutes. Thanks for being with us here on the Mike Douglas Show. And thank you for being part of this. So much appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you, or if you're uh, not sitting, whatever you might be doing, just uh, an honor, a privilege to be with you 3 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 
KFIV. We've been talking about the the uh, impeachment proceedings happening in the Senate in Washington, D.C. And again, uh, to review the uh, the main point of the the defense attorneys today was that Donald J. Trump, as president of the United States, has rights, too. And uh, those include the First Amendment. And in the opinion of his attorneys, uh, he was exercising uh, those rights. And uh, they also got into uh, a little bit of uh, confronting the uh, the house man uh, the the managers rather and the uh, the prosecutors so to speak about their intent uh, based on their just plain old dislike of Donald Trump. So uh, uh, interesting conversations uh, taking place in the Senate today. And uh, again, uh, we'd be interested in your opinions. What else would you what else would you maybe want our senators to be doing besides? removing from office a president who's already been removed from office. Our number here is area code 209-551-3483, area code 209-551-3483. And uh, while the impeachment proceedings are in progress in Washington, D.C., we're still dealing with COVID-19 here in uh, Stanislaus County and in California and around the country. And uh, one of the uh, one of the issues that we're facing, it is so hard to get out of the purple penalty box in the in the state blueprint for a better economy. Check it out. I, I encourage you to check it out. COVID19.ca.gov. Again, COVID19.ca.gov. Very interesting information there. You can also look at what's required to get out of the tier or the box you're in. Uh, Here in Stanislaus County, we join, let's see, 52 other counties, I think it is now, 52 other counties, in being in the purple tier, which is the widespread tier, which means we have the most restrictions. Well, there's uh, 53 other, 52 other counties at least in that purple box as well and and we're 11 months into this two counties have made it up into the next rung that's where there are slightly less restrictions that's the red tier uh del norte and mariposa counties are there there are three that have made it up to the orange level the orange uh level uh, let's see who's there uh trinity county sierra county and alpine county And then where we'd like to be as soon as possible is that yellow tier, that yellow tier that's called minimal. And how many counties are in minimal right now? Zero, zip, nada, none. How can that be? Well, a part of it, I think, is, and I I won't bore you with all the details because your, your eyes will start to roll around in your head, and if you're driving, you might drive off the road. But if you look at all the things that are required to get out of these tiers, it's almost like uh, it's the impossible dream uh, in some ways. And then you think back to, well, how are these tiers developed? What science were they using? They keep saying it's a science. Seems like there's arbitrary things, but uh, anyway, it is what it is. We're we're confined by the restrictions, and uh, on Wednesday, 
The uh, county health educator, Carlo Vasquez, with the County Office of Emergency Services, uh, posted uh, some announcements, and I think we'll uh, we'll take a look, uh, take a listen at some of those. Uh, remember uh, where we are in the state blueprint of color-coded tiers. We're in the bottom one. Uh, there with 52 other counties or so in, in the purple tier. And uh, Carla Vasquez explains what that means when we're there. Stanislaus County remains in the widespread purple tier. This is the most restrictive tier and still requires many business operations to be closed. As of February 6th, places of worship are now allowed to have indoor services with medications. Places of worship that hold indoor services must do so at 25% maximum capacity. And the other uh, restrictions, the other modifications, I guess they call them uh, as well. Yeah, the the Supreme Court said, we're sorry, uh, Governor Newsom, uh, on a six to three uh, decision. We're sorry, Governor Newsom, but you cannot prohibit uh, these churches from meeting indoors. And but they're going to leave some restrictions in there. So one is you can only use 25 percent of the capacity of of the room and you can't sing and you can't chant. No singing, no chanting. Well, this this brings into the whole issue of freedom of religion as well. And for millennia, millennia, followers of Christ and godly people and and uh, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, their cantors, they've been singing and, and they've been chanting, I guess, the, the state would call it. This has been happening for centuries upon centuries upon centuries upon centuries. And now the state of California determines, well, it's too dangerous. And maybe, I don't know, is it because your spittle is going to come out of your mouth and infect someone else? Seems to me if we're properly distanced, that singing ought to be something we're able to do. How are these decisions made? And uh, it just is is frustrating to me as a pastor. I don't know about you. Uh, If if you um, if you attend a house of worship, are, are you frustrated at all or are you okay with it? Our number here for your voice on all of this is area code 209-551-3483. That's area code 209-551-3483. Well, uh, Carlo Vasquez also uh, with the uh, County Office of Emergency Services, again, a county health educator. Uh, The question comes up, if we're still in the purple box, how do we deal with this? I mean, how are we ever going to get out? What are the prospects? Let's let's listen to the comment here. Falls County statistics are much higher than what is needed to advance to the next red tier, which would allow us to reopen more of our local businesses. All right. So what's driving it are the numbers. And as you know, there are a complex uh, array of statistics and numbers that you have to achieve. And it's not that when you achieve those low numbers, you're ready to go. You move on to the next tier. It's when you achieve those numbers, then you have to sustain them for a while. Uh, some of them uh, three weeks or so. And, and uh, again, I encourage you to look at what these requirements are. 
because it seems almost an unattainable thing to move up, especially for uh, larger counties that have uh, uh, that have a wide demographic of people uh, that, that have uh, an eclectic populace, people of, uh, of, of different cultures, races, uh, belief systems, etc. cetera. Uh, it, it, it just almost seems unattainable. And again, I am not faulting the counties at all. Please don't misunderstand me. In the pecking order, in the chain of command, the state makes the policy. They make the rules. The state health officer makes the rules. And so the counties then are obliged to follow those rules. They don't have the, uh, the ability to say, nope, uh, we don't like that particular rule. Uh, we don't like that rule about uh, people not being able to sing in church. So in our county, we're not going to do that. Uh, no, they're, they're kind of handcuffed in the process by what the state says. And so they are obligated to, uh, to abide by those particular uh, mandates. So, in all, how are we doing with vaccines in Stanislaus County? I want to talk about that for a little bit. Again, uh, Carlo Vasquez from the uh, County Office of Emergency Services. The California Department of Public Health reports that over 55,000 doses have been administered to residents of Stanislaus County. This number includes first and second doses. Both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine have been distributed here in Stanislaus. So uh, we're, we're chugging along there, 55,000 or so. Uh, many of you, because uh, you, you have contacted me. By the way, in between shows, I welcome your emails. You can email me directly at mikeon1360 at gmail.com, mikeon1360 at gmail.com. Love to hear your experiences, what's happening out there, what your thoughts are. And, of course, you're always welcome to call here on the Mike Douglas Show. Area code 209-551-3483. We are live and local here for the Central Valley. Make sure that your voice is heard. Again, on 209-551-343. So how are you doing with COVID-19? Have you had a vaccination? Do you plan to get one? If not, why not? And if you have had a vaccination, how are you doing with it? Any side effects? Are you rolling along okay with it? Again, 209-551-3483. And we'll get to those questions in about two or three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you for joining us. Mike Douglas here serving as your personal concierge for conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I want to talk uh, just uh, very briefly about some questions that some of you have posed to me and uh, and to others uh, regarding the vaccines. And let me just uh, address those uh, very quickly. Uh, Question one, and and these are questions that the county has been uh, responding to as well. Can you choose which kind of vaccine you receive? Uh, Now, I'm speaking here of Stanislaus County, and the answer is no. Uh, you cannot, you cannot uh, ask for a uh, your your favorite vaccine. It uh, you you get one or the other at the moment. We're we're going to have uh, four here in the not too distant future. 
but yeah, whether it's Moderna or uh, or Pfizer, unfortunately, uh, you don't get to choose that. You get whatever you get, uh, and then uh, when you get your second dose, obviously, you get uh, you get the same. Uh, the same vaccine as well. And then uh, I got a question earlier today. One of our listeners contacted me and said, Hey, uh, I am on my little vaccination card. I am due to go and get my second dose on February 15. That would be Monday. Can I go early? Could I go today down to uh, the Modesto center Plaza and get it? Well, I, uh, I called up the county uh, health department, talked to them directly, and they said, uh, no, you know, that we can see how that might make sense. You want to get it done now. It's only a, a day or two away. Uh, but no, uh, whatever your date says on the back of your vaccination card, that is your date. And uh, you go back to the, to the place that you originally got your first dose. So if you got it at Uh, Well, if you got it at the Modesto Center Plaza, you return there. Uh, If you originally got your first dose uh, down there on Scenic Drive at the Health Health Services Agency, uh, why uh, the Modesto Center Plaza replaces that. Okay, so a couple of answers to uh, questions that a couple of you have been asking. And uh, again, you're welcome to uh, send me some of those uh, from time to time. Email Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. But what we love the most is when you call so that we can all uh, hear, uh, hear your thoughts and, uh, and, and partake in your wisdom with you as well at area code 209-551-3483, area code 209-551-3483. A public service announcement for men. Ladies, you can turn your uh, radio volume down for maybe about 20, 30 seconds. Attention, men. Sunday is Valentine's Day. That may have passed some of you by. So, and because it's difficult. Valentine's Day on a weekend, especially on a Sunday, is difficult because in our minds we think, oh, yeah, this is the weekend. We have time. And all of a sudden, uh, it's upon us. So, men, Sunday is Valentine's Day. Now, look, I don't want your wives and your girlfriends and uh, and I don't mean you have wives and girlfriends. I'm, I'm anyway, I don't want wives and girlfriends and significant others calling up pastor Mike on Monday or Tuesday and saying, my guy messed up on Valentine's day. So I am giving you plenty of notice. Remember Sunday is Valentine's day. I don't want any calls or emails from your spouses, girlfriends, or significant others next uh, Monday saying that, that you messed up here, all right? So you've got great notice. All right, ladies, you can, you can turn your radios back up. Uh, a little story. My, my wife and I, my wife's a, a nurse practitioner and right now uh, doing telemedicine on, on the phone with patients. Otherwise, she'd, uh, she was going to join me here. But... <laughs> And you may not believe this, having uh, just given the announcement I just gave. My wife and I, Lori and I, do not celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. What you say, Pastor Mike? Are you kidding me? A pastor does not celebrate Valentine's Day? No, I did not say that. 
I said we don't celebrate Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. Here's why. Now, it goes back uh, a little over 30 years ago. I proposed to my wife when we lived in Southern California at a wonderful restaurant uh, that is, uh, or was anyway, I don't know if it's still there or not. It was above uh, the city of Azusa, uh, up in the, in the mountains there. Great steak and lobster. And that's where I, and corn fritters that just knock you out. Uh, anyway, that's where I proposed to her. So on our first, uh, by, well, the first Valentine's day, by the way, I had a root canal and that's back when you didn't have all the nice equipment you have now. I had a root canal that was very painful, so we spent our first Valentine's Day with me, you know, with slobber coming out of my mouth and Ruger can't talk right, and it was not a real romantic Valentine's Day. All right, so I proposed to her and at this restaurant, and so on our on our next Valentine's Day, the first Valentine's Day when we were married, I made arrangements to go to that restaurant. And I specified, make sure you know, the steak and lobster and the corn fritter is going to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be. So they said, show up at, at 7 o'clock. I showed up at 7 o'clock, and there was this line that snaked around the parking lot. And, and so I went up there, and I said, I have, a, I have a 7 o'clock reservation. Well, what happened was and that apparently some people from China that weren't familiar with Valentine's Day had just purchased the restaurant and had no idea they were going to have all those customers showing up all at the same time. And so they said, we're very sorry. We just didn't anticipate this crush of people on this Valentine's Day thing. Come back at 11 o'clock (laughs) p.m. I think the Olympics were going on. So uh, we did. We went home. We, we lived not too far away, maybe about 15, 20 minutes from there. So we drove back home. We waited. And I'm, I'm ready for my steak and lobster and corn fritters. And Lori's ready for it as well. So we go back there. And, yep, the line is down. And, and they welcomed us in. And we sit down at the table. Waiter says, and what can I get you? I said, we don't need to look at the menu. I can already tell you we want steak and lobster and corn fritters. And the waiter says, we're all out. We ran out. I kid you not. All this buildup to return to the restaurant where I proposed to my wife. And this is seven, eight, nine, ten. This is four hours later, we come back and they're out of my steak and lobster and my corn fritters. And then the, the next time, uh, we were actually living up in the in the Sacramento area. Wonderful restaurant. I th- Is it still an old? old town it's called the firehouse firehouse restaurant is it still there some of my sacramento friends might know that anyway i made so the next time i uh i went to uh the firehouse on the phone i said we're we're gonna celebrate valentine's day with my wife and and uh nobody answered the phone and so i thought well that's kind of strange so we drove down there the restaurant was closed on valentine's day i don't know why but we we love that restaurant, and so the point being that between the root canals and no steak and lobsters and, and the people taking over the restaurant that didn't know about Valentine's Day and then moving up to Sacramento and awaiting with taste buds of fame that we're going to go to this wonderful restaurant, it didn't happen. See you Monday. 
on the Mike Douglas Show. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, Trevor Carey's up next. Dr. Jim Henman will be with us on Monday to talk about the effects of COVID-19. We'll see you then.